Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. As usual, as usual, welcome aboard, AVQ. Welcome aboard, Yvette Avery Heron. And for all of those who are not yet checking in, come on, check in, check in, check in, so that I can salute you early. Well, since I have an interview, let's go ahead and get busy real quick with some of the notions that Michael Rudman has brought to us, which he normally brings every day. Uh, recreational marijuana petition passes signature requirements. Legal Missouri 2022 announces Tuesday it has 200,000 signatures for pushing a constitutional amendment that would make recreational marijuana legal in Missouri, enough to put the issue on the ballot, and it still plans to gather thousands more signatures. Happy 420. That's today. You know what that means. It's marijuana day. Now, just how many states will legalize or decriminalize uh, before Biden takes marijuana off the Schedule 1 listing, this is an idea with a supermajority poll in support whose time has absolutely come. <clears throat> Continuing, Mexican state is granted exclusive power over lithium exploit. Legislator Amlet Amalguer said lithium belongs to Mexicans, not to transnational corporations. Thank you, a country that's finally saying that. I wish they, Venezuela has says that and said that now, but you know, it's been long and the corporations don't want to go into Venezuela because why again? Because they want to control the natural resource and lamented that 150,000 hectares of land were granted to private companies for exploiting this metal during the previous president Enrique Peña Nieto uh, administration. Natural uh, resources should belong to the benefits of the people, not the corporations. The res resource curse and corporate exploitation of natural resources have been a long-standing problem in so many nations, especially among the third world. And let me tell you folks, it occurs in America as well. If you take a look at the wealth that all the people who mine minerals in America have amassed, those people who have earned their living from, uh, from oil, earned their living from copper, earned their living from carbon, earned their living from copper, iron ore and all these other things we are loaded with those minerals in the united states of america a lot of it is on public lands some of it is on private lands but let me tell you what happens then right uh they mine and others get rich on our resources so when we are about to tell other countries look they're they're resource rich and look how poor the people are all we have to do folks is look in the mirror look in the mirror we have the same problem it's just that since we have other ways that we exploit our workers, they still can somewhat survive, right? But in America, we need to pass the same type of laws, the laws that says that which is in the ground. We pay those who want to recover it and recover it at some cost, and then the profits from that should be split among the entire country. We wouldn't have education problems. We wouldn't have healthcare problems because the monies would go where they belong. Right now, the plutocracy keeps the money they claim it's for innovation when was the last time you needed innovation to dig a damn hole thank you all right next item uh creed for farms in dungal lanchester county destroys 1.5 million chickens to prevent spread of avian flu uh pennsylvania agriculture secretary russell uh russell pennin said if you start pulling birds out production uh production out meat eggs clearly all of that there's so many chickens, only so many eggs. So we have to be aware that there could be implications to supply if we do not contain this. 
This current strain of the avian flu has over a 90% mortality rate among chickens, with over 27 million dead chickens so far, and over 50% mortality rate among other birds that have been studied. Wow, that's bad. All right, database shows rich governments funding fossil fuel over clean energy. G20 International Public Finance is currently blocking a just energy transition, bankrolling 2.5 times more fossil fuels than, than clean energy. Major nations continue to fail to take climate change seriously. Global warming is an existential threat, yet they are still subsidizing the primary underlying cause of that threat. Afternoon from Avery Herod. Good afternoon, my dear beautiful lady. AVQ says, watching from Twitch. Sarah Beachy says, hello there, Michael. Hey, it's all right. Michael Renner says, Egberto most definitely happens here as well. And the most egregious is fracking. Yeah, you are correct. Now, but let me, let me, let me qualify that some. If, if you have mineral rights to your land, you will get a, a, loy, a royalty on that. But you know who still makes the majority of the profits from that, that which is extracted from your land? The corporations. That has to stop. In fact, I think every single piece of mineral underneath the ground, whether on private land or public land, should be owned by the state. And let me, let me tell you why. People say, oh, socialism. No, it's not. The land in the beginning, right here in America, was stolen. If you take a look at all those rich fat cat oilsters in West Texas, they're on stolen land from the indigenous people. Why should those indigenous people ideally come and have a claim to what those people are drilling in oil right now? They're living in dire straits, these indigenous people, on all these lands that are filled with minerals, filled with resources. Yet they are broke, they are busted, they're alcoholics, drug addicts, and you name it because it was taken from them. And then we want to be, oh, let's go ahead and um, not have the depletion allowance tax. No, 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 no. All, all resources beneath the land should belong to we the people. It's not something that grows like farming. Farming, the, 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 um, the farmer has to go plant the seed. He watches it grow. He fertilizes it. He should benefit from the resources that he created, that seed, the, 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 the plant, the nutrition from that seed. But somebody who digs for oil, something that's already there, I'm sorry. That is horrendously terrible. E, Eric Hayes says, the dark side of EV push, which is neither green or ethical. Stop. Eric fell for it again. I decided this time, Eric sent a link. He sent the link to me earlier, and I watched the entire documentary. And the entire documentary was a propaganda piece. And you could see that it was all staged. And you could see that the person asking the question was acted on. And you could see at the end where the, the, the young lady made the point that, well, we can do things better, that it was staged. But the idea of the entire document was to make sure that nobody believed electric vehicles would be somehow pure as opposed to fossil fuel or that it wouldn't cause destruction. Because what he wanted to leave in your mind, he would leave in the mind of the feeble easily. He wants you to think that, well, you know what's going to happen? The same way we had to destroy land for oil, we're going to have to destroy land for cobalt. And why did he choose cobalt? Because cobalt is mined in Zaire, 
and in Zaire, there's child labor and all of that mining. It's very evil, just like they mine diamonds. Well, you see, the United States, for everything that we produce in a capitalist society, we have always abused people where we can't see them. We've done that all the time. If you take a look, we live nice. I, I always talk about capitalism being an abstracting economic system because it kills, it maims, it hurts. But we who are at the top of the chain, we never see it. We never see the, pe the, the kids in Zaire digging for cobalt. We never see the kids in South Africa digging for diamonds and gold. We never see the kids in Jamaica digging for bauxite. We don't see all of that. And we don't see the crime that goes on with those people over there as we have our tinfoil and our nice equipment and nice cars. We don't see any of it. So to us, capitalism is, is beautiful. It's, it's perfecto, mundo. Todo está bien perfecto. But when you go and look at the underlying belly, you see what it is so... That, that article, that, uh, that video that Brother Eric Hayes, I mean, it's convincing if you don't know your stuff. But if you really know your stuff, you say, well, what are you trying to tell me here? Let's, let's go numero uno. Numero uno is when you're burning fossil fuels in a car, you, you build a car once and you burn the fossil fuel continuously, continuously, polluting, polluting, polluting. When you dig for cobalt, you dig for cobalt once, right? It's in a battery. It's recyclable, and I mean, there's, there's just notions that are completely different if you decide to use your mind to, and choose to say, let's compare what goes on. Can you destroy the land by digging for cobalt with runoffs and all of that with different types of acids getting into streams? Yes, but that happens with every single piece of metal that we develop right now, today. Hell, when you dig in for gold and you're separating gold from the ore, you use certain types of acids to dissolve the gold, and then you reconstitute the gold later on, right? So it's a false argument about, oh, electrical cars aren't as clean as you think. Electrical cars, if, let, let's put a wall, a wall at the sale of the electrical car. When you put a wall at the sale of the electrical car, the, the damage that it does to the environment is inconsequential, compared to a fossil fuel burn car. Now let's look at the other side, the creation of the, of, the, of the car. The creation of the car, the only difference in the creation of the car is what minerals are gonna be used in that car. What minerals are used in regular cars? Aluminum, iron, uh, plastics, etc. The same thing used in electrical cars plus the battery which has uh, alkalides, we have um, cobalt, and of course, uh, what is that, that, that thing that they use for the, the other, that other battery material? You know what I'm talking about. So when you look at it in both directions, the car, electrical car, are a lot safer, a lot more efficient, and a lot less polluting all the way around than, than a regular car. Lithium, that's what I was looking for, lithium. Okay, continuing. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver. Eric Hayes, if you want to share from Fox, share uh, from Fox directly rather than hiding behind a MS, MSN redirect. <laughs> that is funny. But again, uh, I, I don't, you know what, Rudin, I don't care where the material comes from. If it comes from Fox, MSNBC, OAN, CNN, I, I let it stand on what it says. And what, what, what happened to Eric is he was snowed into what that was designed okay let me tell you how these different programs are designed they go through think tanks 
and think tanks get psychologists and they, they have tests uh, test of people of different ideologies, etc. So what they did with this particular one, I can, I can presume, right? This wasn't geared towards right-wingers. Right-wingers will use this to give to their left-wing friends, right? But it was written for left-wingers because they know that anything they say, the right-winger is going to believe already. That conservative person is going to believe anything you put in front of them, whether it's scientific or not, as long as it came from a conservative source, they'll believe it. You go to a lefty now, you have to come with more fact-based information, right? So you go to the fact-based information, and his information is actually accurate. The problem is how it is spun that's deceiving. And that's why you have politics done right. Okay, continuing. Uh, Eric Hayes says, fracking is backed up, not enough workers. Oh, wow. I, I don't even know how to answer that. I really don't. I really don't. Daniel Ado said, if Europeans had not come to America, all those natives would not even know of the riches beneath their feet. Uh, let me see. If I recall, to survive, you have to eat, Mr. Riddle. And if you're coming to America and you want to survive in America, one of the, the, the produces, corn, and other material that you have to learn to grow here, I think the natives did a good job in teaching the Americans. One thing, so they... So the natives taught Americans, right? Now let's also talk about, well, if, if, if the Europeans didn't come here. There's nothing special about Europeans, Africans, the natives, meaning the more than likely Asians, permutations of Asians that came over the land bridge, etc. There's nothing special about these people. You know why? They're all humans. And for you to believe that there's something intrinsic to Europeans, that allowed them to use fossil fuels, I could, I could make a counter-argument. I could make a counter-argument and ask you, you have a tall skyscraper, you have rocks and buildings and so forth. Why is that any better than living in a tent? If you're comfortable in a tent, if you have love in a tent, if you're enjoying your living in a tent, and if you're living just as long as anybody else. What does Look, I love technology, right? I'm a Westerner. I'm, I like technology, no doubt. But... If I didn't design this technology, and by the way, the, the, the natives do have rather complex designs themselves. Both, you know, in Egypt, the pyramids, these guys were still trying to figure out how they did it. Uh, the Mayans, the Aztecas, okay, uh, they have techno time technologies that we are still trying to figure out. The, the, the racist, and I noticed I did call this the racist notion because that is your implication. The racist notion is in what you find in books like the, the Bell Curve and all of that, that, that gives you the implication that, the, that, that uh, Europeans are the bastions of knowledge. Europeans did a lot of traveling. And in that lot of traveling, they, they've done exactly what capitalism does, right? And that is, it's the amalgamate, the accumulation of knowledge from everywhere. I mean, we had like the, you know, we, we, we first of all, a lot of indigenous people, black people, and all of that, the inventions that we look at today didn't come from Europeans. They came right here in America from indigenous people, from black people, and all these other folks. Look it up. You can look it up. Everybody, are, everybody has the same intellect. Now, that said, if you want to look at specifically uh, when Europe, Europeans, they go to China, they pull things out of China. They go to Africa, they pull things out of Africa. They go to 
They go to South America for the Incas. They pull things out of the Incas. That is what good engineering is all about. And all people tend to be good engineers when they travel because they have to make a change from how they were before. Now, in, interestingly, in their travels, they also developed a new technique called plundering. Do you want to cop for plundering as well? Please, do you want to? All right, let's continue. Hey, Egberto, it is called the Congo, my friend. Get it right. Well, it was Zaire. It was also uh, the, the Belgian Congo, right? The Belgians are the ones who dominated the Congo. So, yes, I understand. All right, uh, let's see. Daniel Ado, when Europeans came to the Americas, the result was upward of 100 million dead indigenous. You really want to say that about genocide? <laughs> Eric is Egberto trading one bad thing for another. No, it's not one. Again, false equivalencies false equivalences are bad and that is what that piece wanted you to do and look at how it fooled you look at how it fooled you i created the the proper context for you using the using the story that you gave me you put the wall up free car and after car in other words what what the lead up to the the, the electrical car being i mean the, the lead up to the electrical car and the lead up to the, the, the internal combustion car being built. How much damage does that create for society, in, in environment and air? And then you look at it after the car is built. How much damage? You can actually see orders of magnitude of less damage on the side when the electric car is already built. Now, what about during the process of building the electrical car? The damage is similar, right? Uh, Mining ore and, uh, and and the savagery in some countries that occur from mining ore to create the metals used in these devices. The electric car is going to use less steel and less other types of metal that is also dangerous to mine, but it'll use more cobalt, which is also, as you saw in the, in the documentary, in 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 uh, in the Congo, what how it goes. So what I'm saying is, once you take a look at it from calculated mathematical form what your the, the the argument that you made and you stated trading one bad thing for another is nonsensical completely nonsensical my brother so think about it again and stop going with your heart or trying to or trying to have the lives and go ahead and just think with the intelligence that the supreme being has hopefully placed into your mind all right let's see Egberto do you have an EV uh no I don't have an EV I got to wait until I can afford an EV. But I tell you what, if my if my supporters want to uh, supply me with an EV, I'll take it. All right, lithium batteries. Thank you, Rednan. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, Eric, here we go with the shutdown of someone's opinion. Again, it's not a shutdown of an opinion. Learn to separate opinions from facts, okay? You had an opinion about two exchanging a wrong for a, uh, two, uh, saying the same or the same. That was an opinion, but it was wrong. What I just told you is a fact. I said pre-electric car, pre the built of the car and what it takes to build a car. And we can go in and itemize the damage each one does. Your opinion was simply wrong. It's not about me going against an opinion. It's if you're wrong, you're simply wrong. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat 
that you have it all wrong at all. And if somebody finds out that I am wrong, I am not going to try to turn over hell over heels to try to be right. If I am wrong, I am wrong. And I've been wrong before. Okay, continuing. Uh, let's see what else we got here from uh, Kimingi, the Olmex. You have to help me there. That is above my pay grade. Good afternoon from Maywood. Good afternoon, Maywood. Uh, why is the EPA using COVID funds for green infrastructure? I don't know, but I don't care. Uh, let's see what else we got. Luther P. Smith Jr., welcome aboard. ADOS FBA. We are the Black Media Tangibles, Black uh, Channel Firms.com, the business, the Black Authority, Professor Black Truth. Hey, look, I'm, you can come on my program anytime and promote any type of program as long as it's moving the message forward, as long as it's making people more intelligent. I do have a beef with the ADAS, though. The ADAS decided to say, you know, I am a supporter of ADAS, by the way. Stock, it, it, it's the, uh, the, of, of, of slaves. Let's say the American descendants of slaves, I think is what it stands for. And, you know, I've been a full supporter of ADAS and reparations and all of that. And I was told um, by, by one of your ADAS people, they said, you need not apply. You are not one of us. I'm like, what? First of all, I wasn't looking for reparations. I, I'm from Panama, right? You know, I mean, uh, but the fact that they that the person who came at me at, from ADAS and like, you're not one of us. If you want to be an ally, you can be an ally, but you're not one of us. Because when you when you black folks come from 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 the Central America or the Caribbean or Nigeria, uh, you don't, you're not one of us. Said, okay, all right. I know most 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 of my American brothers and sisters, black and white, don't think that way. But that's how the that's how ADAS was presented to me, and uh, to which I told that person, I will still support you because the cause is important. We need to mitigate what has occurred in this country. I will always support you, but it, it is it is sad that someone that's supporting you, whoever they are, black, white, or whomever, that you would treat that way. You know. So I mean, that gave me a very nasty taste in my mouth with regards to Ada. So maybe you want to say something, brother Luther. All right, let's see. Kim and G says um, Adam and Eve named the Earth Asia. Her children are. Uh, I don't know what that means. Okay. Bruce says back again. Hey, brother Bruce, welcome aboard. A race war movie? Uh, I hope you're not talking about. It. Well, you know, you can check that out. Your thoughts are nonsensical. Yep, that's your opinion, though, right? Hayes, your opinion is that my fact-based thoughts are are nonsensical. Fine, that's your opinion, and you have the right to your opinion. Of course, it's wrong, but you have the right to it. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Um, Carl Cox says, corporate interests, mega corporations, mega rich and greedy corrupt with the supporter backers around the world. They are destroying the environment around the globe. Yes, they are, Brother Cox. Yes, they are. Uh, what else have we got here? Folks, if you are on YouTube, please remember to give us that thumbs up, thumbs up. And don't forget to join if you if you have the wherewithal, join. Uh, Luther Smith says, Michael, come on, guys, y'all chill out. Uh, let's see what else we got here now. Maywood, uh, that's to somebody else. Okay, let's stop. Okay, Michael and Luther, we're all brothers and sisters here, man. We don't have to go back and forth. Neither one of you. Please, please, please. Uh, Michael says, I support American descendants of slavery. I also support reparations. My only questions are who qualifies, how much, and whether to cut checks infrastructure. I don't I don't even think I don't want checks cut. 
I, I mean, checks cut uh, uh, several hundred years down the road. I don't. I spoke to a couple of ladies uh, in in the organization, and that's not that is not exactly how they're looking for. It. Let's say either we are a team or die a painful, agonizing, slow individual death. Good day and be one. Uh, we are always a team, Luther P. Smith. Always. Um, Bruce says you fretting over the same thing I get from Jews born to <laughs> Jessic matters as opposed to Jews look at me who converted. I hear you, man. But you know what? The, the thing, Bruce. Um, I tell people what we. Oh, you know what? I with my talking, I went too long. I want to have to do the interview tomorrow. Oh God, you guys are so wonderful that you keep me going and going and going. I need two hours or three hours. But here's the deal. Uh, Bruce, when I, you know, I, I understand that you're, I, and I, I, I want to say I was hurt, but I wasn't hurt when they told me that. I was pissed. That's what I was. I was pissed. That's what I was. Uh, Paul Fleming says, ATL checking in. And <laughs> Eric tells me to do my ask. I, it's, it's that time. You're right. It's 20, no, it's, not yet. I'll do the ask a little later. But yeah, um, Bruce, I, um, I didn't feel bad. I was disappointed. And I was also pissed. Because I don't see, <clears throat> you know, you're not even at the stage where you're saying how, <coughs> sorry, how checks are going to be cut or anything like that. You don't even know that yet, right? But you're already thinking money, money, money. You, you know, this is mine. This is mine. It's everything that capitalism teaches you. And what I'm trying to tell you is that the cancer that our economic system is, once you get into its psyche, it affects everybody. You look at Oprah. You don't see Oprah, you don't see Oprah trying to be more collective in her monies. You don't see Bill. You don't see any of these guys that you would think. Are doing different would do different things with your monies to change the type of system that we have, right? But anyhow, I want to say one thing. I'm not going to. It's too late now for me to start the video. I had a. It's a 28, 25 or 28 minute interview that I did. So I'll I'll, I'll postpone that to a, tomorrow, I guess. Again, if you guys have an active discussion, it makes a hell of a lot more sense for me to have the active discussion. And hold off the interview if the interview is not time sensitive. And this one is not time sensitive, so I'll hold it off. Now, uh, there's a woman that I couldn't express how proud I was of her. She did something I have been, you have been, many of us in the know have been t telling Democrats to do. The reason we can have Daniel Ledo, a good person, and uh, Mike, not, not Mike, and Eric Hayes, another good person, who are predisposed to believe things if it comes from the right, because, you know, by nature or family or whatever, they're conservative. The reason a lot of the crap that they believe they believe is not that they're bad people, dumb, or anything like that. It's because the counter-argument that puts out the fact-based information, Democrats are very poor articulators thereof. So when I find people that did a hell of a job in that, I like to highlight them. And in that light, I want you to listen to this. Democratic State Senator 
Mallory McMorrow, she destroyed the evils being done by the GOP by attempting to call people pedophiles, by attempting to call, by, by maligning many uh, Democrats and progressives for what they're doing, the good things that they did. And she hit at the heart of what these people are all about. I want you to listen to her and then let's take it on the other side. I didn't expect to wake up yesterday to the news that the senator from the 22nd district had overnight accused me by name of grooming and sexualizing children in an email fundraising for herself. So I sat on it for a while wondering why me? And then I realized because I am the biggest threat to your hollow, hateful scheme. Because you can't claim that you are targeting marginalized kids in the name of, quote, parental rights if another parent is standing up to say no. So then what? Then you dehumanize and marginalize me. You say that I'm one of them. You say she's a groomer. She supports pedophilia. She wants children to believe that they were responsible for slavery and to feel bad about themselves because they're white. Well, here's a little bit of background about who I really am. Growing up, my family was very active in our church. I sang in the choir. My mom taught CCD. One day, our priest called a meeting with my mom and told her that she was not living up to the church's expectations and that she was disappointing. My mom asked why. Among other reasons, she was told it was because she was divorced and because the priest didn't see her at Mass every Sunday. So where was my mom on Sundays? She was at the soup kitchen with me. My mom taught me at a very young age that Christianity and faith was about being part of a community, about recognizing our privilege and blessings and doing what we can to be of service to others, especially people who are marginalized, targeted, and who had less often unfairly. I learned that service was far more important than performative nonsense like being seen in the same pew every Sunday or writing Christian in your Twitter bio and using that as a shield to target and marginalize already marginalized people. I also stand on the shoulders of people like Father Ted Hesburgh, the longtime president of the University of Notre Dame, who was active in the civil rights movement, who recognized his power and privilege as a white man, a faith leader, and the head of an influential and well-respected institution and who saw black people in this country being targeted and discriminated against and beaten and reached out to lock arms with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. when he was alive, when it was unpopular and risky and marching alongside them to say, we've got you to offer protection and service and allyship to try to right the wrongs and fix injustice in the world. So who am I? I am a straight, white, Christian, married, suburban mom who knows that the very notion that learning about slavery or redlining or systemic racism somehow means that children are being taught to feel bad or hate themselves because they are white is absolute nonsense. No child alive today is responsible for slavery. No one in this room is responsible for slavery. But each and every single one of us bears responsibility for writing the next chapter of history. Each and every single one of us decides what happens next and how we respond to history and the world around us. We are not responsible for the past. We also cannot change the past. We can't pretend that it didn't happen or deny people their very right to exist. I am a straight, white, Christian, married, suburban mom. I want my daughter to know that she is loved, supported, and seen for whoever she becomes. I want her to be curious, empathetic, and kind. 
People who are different are not the reason that our roads are in bad shape after decades of disinvestment or that healthcare costs are too high or that teachers are leaving the profession. I want every child in this state to feel seen, heard, and supported, not marginalized and targeted because they are not straight, white, and Christian. We cannot let hateful people tell you otherwise to scapegoat and deflect from the fact that they are not doing anything to fix the real issues that impact people's lives. And I know that hate will only win if people like me stand by and let it happen. So I want to be very clear right now. Call me whatever you want. I hope you brought in a few dollars. I hope it made you sleep good last night. I know who I am. I know what faith and service means and what it calls for in this moment. We will not let hate win. Senator McMorrow, Senator McMorrow, that is putting spine into the game. That is how Democrats, that is how progressives should be acting. That is not that is how they should be promoting their message. They are they have the message of truth. They have the message of passion. They have the message of empathy. They have the message of really being what America needs, what America wants. They're the ones who are doing something for people. They're not the ones play acting. They're not the ones doing evil. Stand up on your pedestal. Stand up at your podium and promote what you've done and what you intend to do and not allow charlatanes, charlatans to go out there and sing lies, sing a song as if they have accomplished or will accomplish something. Senator Mallory McMorrow, thank you. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form I mean, was that beautiful or what? And I, I want to put on the screen what it is that a, a piece of that woman's uh, thing, right? And it, it, it drove me so crazy. It said the following. This is the second page of the, the fundraiser. These are the people we are up against. Progressive social media trolls like Senator Mallory McMorrow, the, that woman, Democrat Snowflake, who are outraged they can't teach can't groom and sexualize kindergartens or that eight-year-olds are responsible for slavery. They believe that we as parents do not have the right to help our children navigate their adolescence or their education. Um, who can be so stupid to believe that any adult, any adult, not like former Speaker Haster, Republican Speaker of the House, who actually was a pedophile. But who would believe? You watch your beautiful mothers and fathers going to school every day, Republicans, Democrats, independents, no affiliation, walking. They all love their kids. They adore their kids. Is it? Do you really buy that progressives want to groom and sexualize kindergartens and eighth graders? I wonder who write these things. I am concerned about who wrote these things because all of us rational thinkers know it makes no sense. So it must be something living within the minds of those who write these things, who come up with these things. 
they must be the ones that have those fantasies because I swear to God, every Republican I know, I live in Kingwood, Texas. My Republican brothers and sisters, they love their kids. They would never say crap like this, except the dumb ones, right? They would never believe this. Why? Think about it. I want to sexualize a kindergarten kid. Prepare them. Prepare them for what? And that, but you know, you keep, what happens is they keep repeating these things over and over. And at first it sounds silly. At first, at first it sounds ridiculous. But you keep repeating it, repeating it, repeating it, repeating it, repeating it, repeating it, repeating it. And you don't get a pushback. Suddenly people say, I wonder if there's some truth to that. I wonder if just maybe progressives have some ulterior motive. I wonder if you don't push back, if you just sit down and take it. Mallory Murray, McMurray, McMurray, thank you. I could, if, if I were in a room with her, I would give her such a tight hug and say, thank you. Please replicate yourself now. Please replicate yourself. That is a powerful woman that you just listened to. You know, like some of the powerful women we have here. Yes, Miss Yvette Avery, I'm talking about you. Uh, talking about all, all the folks I've seen in action in the field, not taking any crap from anybody. Anybody. Anyhow, let's, let, let, let's, let's, uh, I have another video that I need to show you. And this one here is, is, that was great what she did there, right? But then she went on to interview, uh, she went on to, to interview uh, an interview on Morning Joe this morning. And I thought the interview on Morning Joe was even more, I don't want to say better because she covered the whole basis there. She, you know, I mean, I, I, before I go to that interview, I want, I want to point out something. She, she made it clear. That stuff about uh, that stuff about me being sexualizing kindergarten or supporting the sexualization of kindergarten. Let me tell you who I am. While people like you who have I'm a Christian on my Twitter feed are out there destroying people, I was being also destroyed by more of you in the right wing church that I was in. Because the pastor said, you, uh, you weren't in the pew. You weren't sitting down there like all the other nice ladies. No. You know where I was? I was at soup kitchen doing Jesus' work. I was out there feeding people. I was out there making lives better for people. While you were parading your lives, while you were letting everybody see it. Now, I learned something today. I, I have an apology I have to make. Anytime I talk about the evangelicals and how evil they are, I've constantly equated them to the Pharisees. And a Jewish woman on Daily Coast today told me, Egberto, I love what you do. I love your peace. But do you know that equating, uh, equating what you're talking about constantly with the Pharisees, that is the lineage that I'm from. That's what the, this Jewish woman told me. And then she said, I am from that lineage. And it has always been a trope. Yes, just like in any other religion, there are issues and problems. So they are with the Pharisees and some of their uh, some of their folks. So please, Egberto, you will distract from the message by using Pharisees. So effective immediately. I will not be used. I'm not changing what I've written before because my past mistakes must be left so that people can see that my past mistakes. But I learned from this woman about the Pharisees today that it could be used as a trope. 
And as a trope, I will make sure not to use it. It was barely based on my own ignorance. All right, let's let's go back now to um, go back to what she said now. So the, 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 these evangelicals, uh, you know, where are you? You're not in church. No, I'm I'm taking care of people in the soup kitchen. And then you have this foolish Republican woman senator who writes this <clears throat> fundraiser. And when she writes the fundraiser, and now she's getting castigated by Miss McMorrow. She couldn't even look her in the eye. She had to turn her head. She should be embarrassed. Unfortunately, one of the things Donald Trump taught is you no longer need to be embarrassed for doing embarrassing things. It's a shame. I'm going to go through the messages. I'm going to leave the last 10 minutes to go through the messages. But I want to play you now her interview. Oh, by the way, one other thing. And you notice she also said, the potholes, the lack of education, healthcare, and all of that that's missing. None of that is solved by what you guys are hyperventilating about. You guys have no solution for these issues. But you want to talk about sexualization of kindergartens, which you know is a lie. And you want to support that. Ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. So it was wonderful listening to, I mean, she's my new hero. I love her. Mallory McMorrow. Love you, girl. Okay, let's now listen to um, to her interview this morning because I think she had a message for my white brothers, my white women. Okay, I want you to listen to this because she's absolutely right. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll explain it a little bit better on the other side. Check it out. Recently, uh, Michigan State Senator Mallory McMorrow gave a hell of a speech after a, a, a senator, Republican senator, in a fundraising newsletter uh, implied that she was some sort of, uh, she wanted to allow kindergartners to be sexualized or they were grooming them to be sexualized, etc. I mean, it is, it is a position that, that the Republicans have been trying to put in the ethos to scare white women from voting for white women with children in schools to use it as a wedge issue they believe worked in Virginia to win these elections. Actually, the governor in, in, uh, eked it out in, in, in Virginia, right? Well, this woman gave a hell, this senator, uh, senator state senator uh, Mallory McMahon gave a hell of a speech that really admonished Republicans. But it's what she had to say in the speech, to, in an interview on uh, Joe Scarborough today that I think is of importance. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. I'm curious about the senator uh, who made this accusation that you were uh, you were upset that kindergartners uh, couldn't be sexualized and that you were a groomer effectively. When you looked directly at Senator Tice yesterday and said what you said, did she look back at you? Because everyone's very tough online on Twitter and fundraising emails. What did she do back? What did she say back? She said nothing back and couldn't even be bothered to look me in the eye. I looked at the back of her head the entire speech. She turned away from me. And, you know, in part of that fundraising email, she accused me of being an online social media troll. And yeah. I have never been one to shy away from saying things to people's face. And she's too much of a coward to even acknowledge my existence. Um, what has changed in the last few years? It is this rising extremism. And we've seen this play out with 
gerrymandering. You know, the fact is Michigan is a very purple state. We vote pretty evenly Democratic uh, versus Republican. But the legislature, particularly the state Senate, has been Republican controlled since 1984, despite the fact that in 2014, they only got less than 50 percent of the votes. They got 72 percent of the Senate seats. And it encourages going further and further to the fringes. And we had, you know, an attempted kidnapping of the governor. And we just saw how that trial played out. But the day that we learned in the Senate about that plot, the Senate majority leader walked out of our Senate chambers, walked to the front of our Capitol and rallied with the same hateful conspiracy theorists that plotted that kidnapping that came to our chambers fully armed and threatened us and told them to keep going. That's where we're at right now. And unless we all push back and vote them out of office, it's not going to get any better. How has the response been to your speech on the floor? I mean, the, the numbers speak for themselves. This was definitely not something that I wanted to do to, to go viral. But if the message is that hate won't win, I think we're proving that. And we have to say it loudly and clearly and, and stand up for those who are being attacked because one day it might be us. And I know that everything that I felt the day that Lana Tice accused me of being a groomer and sexualizing children is that much worse for a trans kid who is getting attacked every single day, who just wants Mm. to go to school and have friends and get through the day. The response has been overwhelming. And my hope is that other white women like me who are doing okay are the ones to stand up and put an end to this because it won't unless we do it. Now she hits the nail on the head. I mean, she had some very important messages and I want you to think about it. First of all, You know, we've spoken about this country being undemocratic for quite some time now, that they've gotten less than that. The Republicans got less than 50 percent of the votes and still ended up with 70 percent of the senators. Says much about our democracy. But she also had a message and specifically a message to white women, because that is that is the that is the 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 identity that these guys are trying to get into right now because they know it's a very democratic identity. So what they want to do is put the fear into these women. Their school is under attack. They're going to do this to your kids. And she's saying, no, the people that are, that are, that, that succumb to that fear so far has been white women. And she's saying white women stand up. It is time for you not to allow them to use you as pawns to do wrong in this country. I thought her message today was a necessary addition to much of what she said yesterday because she presented to, to, to America exactly what's going on and what needs to be done. Absolutely so. Absolutely so. Okay, let me run my ask real quick. Forgot about it. We're having so much fun. So now here's the ask. I'm Igberto Willis, as host of Politics Done Right, a progressive radio media show on Pacifica Network's KPFT 90.1 FM Houston that engages all ideologies. I found that our political angst isn't mostly ideological. There is a well-designed effort by many in power to control us. If we are at each other's throats, we are less likely to demand our economic and local wishes. In that light, I wrote three books. 
I wrote the first one titled, As I See It, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom to Describe the Entire Economy in a Manner We Can All Understand. It highlights why it was designed to pill for most as it empowers a few, the chosen. The second book, titled, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors, Take It to the Next Level. After understanding how the system pilfers, it is incumbent that we can speak to our peers to empower a change. The third book, How to Make America Utopia, Take Away the Economy from Those Who Rigged It, gives us a place to land. After learning about our economy that is dysfunctional for most and learning how to engage the other side, we point out what would make an economy that works for all. Each book stands on its own, but together they provide the full picture. Please consider getting one or more. You will undoubtedly learn, be entertained, and help us continue the mission with our blogs, articles, videos, and books. I'm Igberto Willis. Absolutely so, folks. And uh, please remember, you can go ahead and get all our books at politicsdoneright.com slash books. politicsdoneright.com slash books. I'm not going to give all the support links today because I want to go to the messages real quick. So let me just go ahead and give you the all-encompassing support. If you want to support us, and I, I, I ask you to please choose one of the methods in, in this link here to support us, politicsdoneright.com slash support, politicsdoneright.com slash support. Choose one of those. I'm sure you will find a way that you can say, yes, I am definitely going to support Politics Done Right. Anyhow, let's go ahead and go to the messages. Kim Injin says, so in 2020, how can an election where a group gets less than 50% of the votes, controls 70% of the election. It's called gerrymandering. They pack all the blues into one district, and then they put just enough uh, uh, reds in the other district so that they have control. <clears throat> now, eventually, it runs out. I, I think at about 40% or so, it no longer works in, in, in the aggregate, just because you just don't have enough people. You can pack 100% blue districts, and you still have so many other people left over. So that only works for so long. Uh, Carl Cox says, too many evangelicals go to church every Sunday and support the church with their money. The fact is that the vast majority of churches don't use the monetary contributions to help. Uh, Maywood says, uh, no, that's a reply to what uh, Rudden. Rudden says, first, they came for the communists, and I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists. And I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not Jewish. Then they came for me, and there were no one left to speak out for me. I've heard that before. Makes a lot of sense. Yvette Avery Herod says, she had an amazing comeback. She sure did. Thanks for complimenting. Berto, of course, I only compliment that which should be complimented and and you know you've been my hero from the time you went up against the big guys she went up against delta is it delta united delta i think it was delta went up against delta girl you you're my hero uh let's see what else we got here e2257 says all three headmen of so-called aztec empire murdered by white guys invading the continent for no justifiable reason now we are in ukraine for no justifiable reason delivering the genocidal weapons uh, of Empire, 502 years of North American atrocities, but, you know, basta, enough. Yo no sabía que podías hablar, podías hablar español. Basta es una palabra español, it means stop. All right, let's see. Uh, Bruce says, we need new moderate parties that overtake the old ones. Well, you see what happened in France. France, <laughs> the equivalent of the Republican Party and the equivalent of the, of the uh, Democratic Party, both lost. Right. 
what we have now is a left party and a far right party that's left. The left, you know, and, and if you listen to what our, our good uh, Richard Wolf said, economist Dr. Richard Wolf said, what very few people are talking about is that the left wing party in, in, in the uh, place got 22%, which is in the same vicinity as the right wing party and the center left party. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen on Sunday? The, the debate should be on right now, the French debate. All right, let's see what else we got here. What else we got here? Eric says, no, that's between Eric and Bruce. All right, Carl Cox says, there are too many people in America who like being lied to. They don't like being lied to. It's what happens is, as I think it was somebody said earlier, I don't remember who it is, that Republicans have reached a point now where they don't even want to believe the fact checkers, right? And all of that was slowly placed into their psyche that somehow the fact checkers were biased. I'm not saying that they're completely wrong about that because what we have is you have to understand your fact checkers. If you have a fact checker that is funded by a left-wing group, you have to be suspect. If you have a fact a fact check that is funded by Coke or a few other right-wing groups, you have to be suspect. So you have to really verify your fact checking organization and what their corroborating information is, all right? Like I had to go against a fact-checking organization one time when they raided my company, when they raided Egberto Willis. You know, they, they, they raided Egberto Willis initially as a left-wing, far-left, which is true, but they also said that my information was in fact base. I challenged it. I went and I said, please point out, in, and I gave my blogs, my radio shows, and everything, I passed it on. I said, please find anything that I've said that was not fact-based. Within two days, my rating changed to factual. And the reason why, again, is you have to be aware. There are companies that sometimes, especially to the smaller guys, they just figure, ah, it's blow hard. We're not going to, they're probably not fact-based anyway. So these are things that you have to be careful of. Tom C., how are you doing, my brother? Says, yay, Michigan Democratic Party, great speech by Democratic representative from Southeast Michigan exposing hypocrisy and lies in the GOP. Uh, Paul Fleming says, every elected official must call out people who lie, who spread hate and are fear mongers. Our democracy must have it to Our democracy must have it to survive. And thank you for saying that. When we correct these things, it's not just that we want to be, you know, it is for real that that's the only way democracy can survive. Only way. Michael Rodden said, Egberto, from 2019, some 70% of conservatives distrust fact checkers, and you want to say they don't like being lied to? This number is only gotten higher. Again, uh, what, the, the, ed, what the educated right-wingers are doing to their pew is they're making them stupid. That is what I keep telling people. And I don't use the stupid in the term, oh, you're stupid kind of a way. I mean in, okay, I shouldn't use stupid. I should use the word ignorant. They want their people ignorant. And that's what they do. And to get somebody ignorant, you have to destroy the pillars, right? So if you want people, if you want people, if you want to control their minds, this, you, you destroy everything that they can use to figure out if what you are telling them is true or false. So Rudin, while you are correct into saying that they don't believe in the fact checking, the question is why don't they believe in the fact checking? Because 
the people that they were that they learned to trust eroded their trust in fact checking what is somebody like politics and right and other groups supposed to do we can't just lay facts on them we can't because it won't work you already said it they don't believe in fact checking what you can do however is try to earn your trust and i know that i've earned the trust of a lot of my right wingers not necessarily all of them that are in the house right now but i know because when they've made changes they've come they've they've actually been proud to tell me of the change they've made some have even written blogs and said hey this is what i can deal i'm still a conservative but you're right on this and that's where we want to go and we are up at a hard break right now my name is uh look love you guys love the interaction i'm gonna to have to reduce the the side the the, the interviews sometimes because some days come out here and you guys are just full of stuff like today anyhow my name is egberto willies this is politics done right and you guys know how i end this one i am what out we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.